Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so welcome to the first podcast episode of Corinth 3 Bible Study. Welcome, everybody. So happy to finally get this started. Um, so I'm not even going to lie to you. Junior and I recorded this last or actually this morning at midnight, and I'm re-recording it. Unfortunately, he could not make it today, but don't worry. You'll be hearing his beautiful voice in future episodes, so don't miss him too much. And with that, we're going to jump right into the lesson. Today, we're going to be talking about being in the body of Christ. So if you're not familiar with that term, the body of Christ is referring to God's family, basically the church, you know, like a community of Christians who are working together as one body with Christ as the head. I feel like this is going to be a very interesting lesson for us because we just have such a diverse group. Some of us have grown up in the church and have consistently attended for several years. Some of us are returning to the church after a long hiatus. And others of us are experiencing a Christian community for the very first time, you know? And there's also some of us who have had extremely painful experiences from the church. So yeah, we all have different backgrounds when it comes to the body of Christ, which is why we'll be studying what God intended for the church to be <laughs> in the next few lessons. But in today's lesson, we are going to be reading from Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8 reads... For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Amen. Our lesson book, the survival kit, says... Regardless of your spiritual age, you never outgrow your need for the family of God for your continued spiritual growth. And that makes sense. You know, like there's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. Like, could you imagine? So for those of you who have been in a church for a while, reflect on some of the things that you've learned from being in a Christian community. You know, some may be bad, but hopefully you can think of some good lessons too. Okay, then think about what kind of person you would be without learning those lessons. 
I would literally be a psycho trash human walking around without a soul. And I definitely would not be married to Junior because I'd be such a trash human. He wouldn't even notice me. (laughs) Yeah, like you don't grow and you don't realize a lot of things when you're isolated. For example, when I was little, I would play all kinds of sports by myself. Basketball, soccer, baseball. I know, how do you play baseball by yourself? I don't know. I made it happen. But (laughs) the delusional part about all of this was I thought I was so good. Like, I'd be like, yeah, I made a goal. Woohoo, I'm so good. But no one was blocking me. No one was keeping me from that goal, though. (laughs) So when I started playing with other people, the Lord humbled me. The Lord really, really humbled me. We need a team that we can learn from and grow with so we don't become delusional little individuals. (laughs) Here's another issue when... Christians aren't committed to a community. Consumerism mentality, baby. It's part of our culture and just our human nature to ask ourselves, what can I get out of this when it comes to everything, including when it comes to church? I need to attend a church that checks off all my requirements, sermons that move me to tears, praise team to melt my face off, congregation with no annoying people. You know, like whatever it is, each of us may have experienced this thought process to a certain extent. I know I have. You know, when Junior and I moved to New York, (laughs) I know I love talking about, you know, moving to New York. I'm from New York. Oh my gosh. I'm going to be that annoying girl once again. But yeah, when Junior and I moved to New York, I was actually really looking forward to not having to serve in a church. And I know that sounds terrible, but to be completely honest, I just had a totally different mindset. New city, new me, new experiences. Like I went full on consumerism mode. We did find a church that ticked off all my requirements, but we would just attend Sunday services and leave right after. And I realized I wasn't growing in certain aspects of my life because I didn't have a community. In fact, like I was getting worse in certain aspects of my life. I I just had no opportunity to practice or share the things that I was learning from God's word, right? Like I'd be so convicted by the sermon and like really touched and praise was awesome. But Yeah, like in other areas of my life, I would go home and then I I noticed, and Junior probably noticed this too, I was becoming a lot more like judgmental. I would gossip more. I had no patience and I was super sensitive. Yeah, I, I wasn't surrounding myself in a community to practice patience, love, service, et cetera, you know? So I actually didn't realize the void in my life until we came back to Raleigh 
to FKBC and started serving again. And now we have people to share with again, to keep us accountable, to work towards the same goals together. Basically, don't let consumerism or self-interest keep you from growing in a church. (coughs) I need a cough, sorry. (coughs) Probably this dusty couch that I'm sitting on. Anyways, let's go back to the scripture. So verse 5. We who are many are one body in Christ. Our lesson book, our lesson book points out a central truth about the church is its oneness. Becoming a follower of Jesus Christ is an act of commitment to others who've also vowed to follow him forever. Let me read that again. Becoming a follower of Jesus Christ is an act of commitment to others who've also vowed to follow him forever. Isn't that interesting? I never really thought about it like that. You know how at at our church sometimes like parents will go up on stage with their babies and Pastor Sue asks the con asks acts asks the congregation to commit to helping raise this child in the faith and then we all pray over the baby and the family. Like, if you think about it, that's a serious commitment. What if every member at our church is someone we've committed to? Like, what if that's truth? What if that's fact? Isn't that crazy? Like, we've committed to Pastor Sue. We've committed to Unzu Samanim. We've committed to the youth kids, the VM kids, Everyone in the small group, are we looking at our fellow brothers and sisters at church in that light? Imagine how different our ministries would be if we did. Once again, emphasizing oneness in Christ. Oh my gosh, I kind of need a burp. This is embarrassing. Did you guys hear that? Sorry, I had Lamion before this, but anyways. So yeah, that's that's a huge commitment if we think about our ministries like that. But let's think about some other major commitments in our lives. And I feel like because we are a small group made up of couples, it kind of makes sense to talk about this. Marriage. You have vowed to be with that person forever. You have vowed to grow with that person, to grow that person for the rest of your lives. So no pressure, but like, are we doing that? Or are we still acting like lone rangers or single people who just happen to be living together? There has to be oneness in In marriage, the beauty of marriage is we're sanctified through it, right? For example, (laughs) oh my gosh, I told Junior to shut up in front of our friends today because I felt like he was micromanaging me. (laughs) I, I see the worst parts of me, you know, in marriage. And like, I need to fix this to love him better and to be a better partner to him. But most importantly, to be better for God. Marriage is 
beautiful and challenging and so sanctifying because we learn through unconditionally loving, serving, and respecting someone else what inner struggles we need to work on in ourselves so that we can both become more of who God intended us to be. For a successful marriage, we have to recognize that oneness. For the church, we have to recognize that oneness. And if you couldn't tell, the, the topic, if, any, if you take anything away from this lesson, let it be. We have to recognize that oneness in the body of Christ, including in our homes. So anyways, verses six through eight talks about our gifts. We see that each of us has gifts that we can use to serve God. We each have a role and a purpose in our community. Okay, great. But what if you haven't found your function in this body yet? I think that's fine. You know, like... God will reveal that to you in his timing and in his way, and he'll guide you to those opportunities for you to serve him in the best way and in the most pleasing way for him. Um, Yeah, I think that just like requires getting to know God, whether it's by reading his word, praying daily, Yeah, just getting to know him because I am a huge believer in with spiritual maturity comes self-awareness. So you'll start to kind of understand what gifts that he's given you and in what ways you can serve the body of Christ. What if you don't have a role here? Or more like, what if you don't want to have a role here? (laughs) I encourage you to ask yourself why. And I know, like, we all have so many things going on in our lives, so I'm sure we could come up with a great list of excuses, but yeah, ask yourself why. We weren't created to act as a single part of the body. You know, not to get gruesome, but if someone chops off my foot, what good is my foot? The foot can't go off by itself and live its life, you know, (laughs) open a bank account, get a house. No, that's not how it works. It would just be a foot. That's why the foot can't say to the hand or the brain, like, I don't need you. And actually, we'll go more into unity in like the next lesson. But being alone is not what we were made for. If you are part of the body, you're part of the body. That's it. And if you choose not to serve, you're still part of the body, but you're not exercising God's design for you. Does that make sense? I was listening to a Francis Chan sermon in preparation for this lesson. It's called The Body of Christ in Communion, and he talks about ekklesia, which is basically church translated in Greek. Um, and it refers to a group of people who are called apart for a special assembly. And in the middle of the sermon, he pulls out a toy foot and talks about how some of us are like this toy foot. And it was just such a good illustration. I know y'all can't watch the video with me, but I still want to play that excerpt for you because I just like love how he explains it. 
So let me play it. Hopefully, I'm playing it from my iPhone, so hopefully the audio is okay. Like, I don't think most of you came here thinking this was you, right? Okay, and you're thinking, this is all I am. I'm a part of a body, and I've been on my own. I can't wait to attach myself to the rest of the ecclesia, the gathering, the body. I can't wait to come together because when we come together, the whole body is put together and Christ shows up as our head. And and now we finally function the way we were created to function. See, too many of us come like we think we're complete. Like, oh, no, my mind. I just need my mind. I I don't need the church. I love Jesus, but I hate the church. You know, I'm a free thinker. It's about me. And I have my needs. I have my way of thinking. You feel complete in yourself because you're an American. And that's the way we think. We're individual. You do you. Right? Rather than going, no, 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 you don't get it. I'm just this. I'm not even this. I'm like this, you know, you know, I'm just this little part. And that's why when they got together, man, that's why they got excited to gather for communion because they don't see themselves as all that. Like I'm, I'm this complete. It's all about me. It's like, man, oh, the body's going to get together. That was their act of worship. They got excited. They're not thinking, well, who's speaking and how long is the service going to go? They just think, okay, good, good, good. Because any chance I get, I'm running. You know, any chance I get, I'm going. Because it's the only time where where you're complete. Uh, I love his passion, you know. (laughs) I couldn't have said it better myself. Like, too many of us come like we're complete. I love that part. Because the truth is we are complete when we're functioning as a body of Christ like God intended. Oh, my computer just fell asleep. Okay, it's still recording. But yeah, too many of us come like we're complete. Maybe just take this week to reflect on when you do come to church, when you do come to small group, are you coming as a body part that already feels like it's good on its own? The body coming together is an act of worship. Recognizing that oneness is an act of worship. And I pray that as a small group, be able to participate in this kind of worship together where we gather and help each other grow in that oneness with one another. Um, Yeah. And I hope you guys would pray along with me. (laughs) Okay. So on Saturday, when we meet, we're going to discuss the following questions. What stood out to you from this lesson? More specifically, like, What is God trying to tell you about your role in the body of Christ? And then second question, 
What are some ways you can use your gifts for the body of Christ? If you are already serving pretty actively um, and you are already, you know, you already have like a deep understanding of your gifts, then what are some ways you can use your gifts as a couple to serve the body of Christ together, you know? Yeah, I think that's it. I hope everyone has a good week. It would be great, honestly, with these discussion questions, if you reflect on them together and maybe talk about them together before you come to small group. Um, yeah, I feel like that'd be great opportunities of discussion for y'all, but I don't know how to end this. Is this, uh, okay, bye.